Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Worker's Mic, powered by MCL, right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher from the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and here with me is Phil Davidson from the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. What's happening, Phil? Hey, good morning, Ed. How are you? I'm uh, still coming down from Halloween. You know, I, uh, I spent enough time uh, digging through the kids' candy, you know, that uh, I had to finally cut myself off. Finally yeah, this was uh, this was a dangerous Halloween because not a lot of activity at my house. Right, and we had a bowl out there, and so obviously that all comes back inside, and all the other candy I have to steal from my kids. Like, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough week. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we had all the kids' candy, and then you know the bowl of yeah. uh, of candy bars that we bought from Costco that nobody got into. So if you like yeah. Butterfingers, I can bring you some. You got a guy? Okay. Yeah, I might uh, I might know somebody, but I've got to get them out of my house because I mean, even Ben, uh, our show producer, called me fat this morning so uh, apparently i got a, i went a little too hard on halloween so i'm gonna make a note yeah, for next year to, yeah uh, that was noted you, yeah they I'm will not, hear from your attorney i know but I'm, hey i'm just gonna try and you know exhibit a little bit of uh, demonstrate some caution a little restraint <laughs> next year um so that's my plan but uh actually we got a lot of uh we got a lot of good feedback from last week's show i had heard from a handful of people about the uh segment with the pharmacist from yeah. walgreens yeah that's kind of become very popular right now um more walkouts happening it's making i just heard a story about it on uh marketplace on npr i think it's uh it's catching a lot of national attention mm. yeah it was i think the national pharmacists association was the name of it but it falls under the umbrella of Lyuna, yeah uh the labor's union and it was uh it was eye-opening because i think a lot of folks didn't realize that pharmacists uh, don't make enormous money like surgeon level money and that uh they pay an extremely large amount of money for just for basic health care and things like that yeah so. and how few of them are unionized right um working for these you know conglomerates with billions of dollars um in a, as we talked about before in an industry that's a trillion dollar industry right the pharmaceutical Drugs. industry right <laughs> exactly yeah it's kind of makes the world go around these days um so yeah hope uh they can get organized because as uh is evidenced by all the other recent labor strikes happening like when you when you rally and you organize, you can get stuff done. That's for sure, um, and you can make some progress. So, yeah. Uh, so I said hope, uh, uh, Sean Fain from UAW, and we'll talk a little bit about that yep. uh, later in this segment. Yep. So we have a guest coming in later in the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, Tim Hollaback uh, comes to us from. He's a, uh, a union firefighter with uh, Local Two, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago firefighter with, uh, and then he's also um, a financial advisor for Megan Financial friend of the show, uh, and he's going to talk about basically um, the financial advice he can provide for blue-collar workers, nice. uh, people from unions, about um, you know what the opportunities are out there for them uh, that's provided, especially to members of the MCL. Um, this is something they should definitely take advantage of. Uh, some of the services are free of charge, and you know, um, there's also services you can buy into, um, but yeah, uh, I'm okay. looking forward to hearing from him. Awesome, yeah. Um, so why don't we get into some of the big union news of the week? And this was happening last week, and I think it's kind of carried on into this week, where uh, the UAW had its enormous strike that's been going on for over a month with the big three U.S. automakers. We've talked about it a number of times here on the show. And uh, they began reaching settlements late last week and uh, you know carried through the weekend. But one of the, of the outcomes that I think was particularly interesting uh, and important to the region was the settlement that they reached with Stellantis. And uh, for all of you who aren't familiar, Stellantis is the parent company that operates Dodge, Chrysler. Is Chrysler still a brand? Yep. I think it is. Yep. Yeah, Dodge, 300, Chrysler, baby. that's right. Ram. Um, Ram, Ram and trucks. Jeep. Yeah, Ram trucks are apparently like wildly profitable. 
um, yeah. didn't know that. That's like their top selling automobile. You know, there's there's so much loyalty uh, with truck guys. Yeah, and I, I'm you know gonna out myself as not a truck guy. At mm-hmm. least not yet. Maybe yeah. one day. But uh, people who are Ram guys are just Ram guys, Ford guys, and GMC. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, whatever you like, they got deals with everybody. Um, but the Stellantis deal included reopening the plant out in Belvedere. If you've ever taken uh, 90 out to Rockford, you've seen that enormous. It used to be a Chrysler. It yep. used to be Dodge. You can made, see it right off the highway. Yeah, they made yep. like neons. They made Jeeps. Uh, but back in February, they shut the plant down. And there were about 1,300 people who worked there who some of them got transferred, but most of them were just laid off. Yep. And that's a huge deal because Belvedere is not a huge town. It's a, a, a little bit of a rural area. So yeah. when you wipe out 1,300 jobs, people feel that. That's a huge a economic impact. Right, yeah. So as a term of the settlement of the strike, they are reopening that plant. And not only are they reopening the plant, they're going to manufacture electric vehicles there, uh, but they're also going to build a battery plant at that location. So, in, yeah. it, you know, it took 1,350 jobs, I think, that were that were um, eliminated back in February, and now it's going to be bringing back 3,000 jobs. That's huge. Yeah, that's progress. That's what this is all about. That's why strikes are effective. That's right. Um, and and I, I've... I think when you shut down a factory, in most instances, like it's never coming back. And right. for, for this thing to be resurrected and then to bring in even more jobs, I mean, it is, I mean, it's a miracle. Right. The UAW yeah. president of that local said, when a plant is shut down and they take some of the employees and ship them out to other facilities, that's yeah. a sign that it's not coming back. Never. Um, and so I think the workers out in Belvedere were feeling that. And this is an enormous relief to them because it's, it's doubling the jobs that were there before. So yep. it's a new sort of outcome for a strike because when you think of a a union strike it's generally all about protecting people who are working there currently protecting them from losing something maybe trying to make some uh, forward progress on wages but you're not just protecting jobs protecting conditions you're creating you're creating new ones restoring jobs yeah you're diversifying the union with this one so that's uh, that's a huge deal and and early on in the strike they were talking about the the negative economic impact of uh, of any kind of strike, and here we are. They have created jobs. There's a positive economic impact. I mean, some of these automakers lost money while they were out on strike, but yep. um, but there's there's going to be 1,500 or 1,700 brand new jobs. Not to mention the construction jobs that will come from building this battery plant. Um, you know, so that's it's a really exciting outcome, and I think it sets a very interesting precedent for the future. Um, you know. Along with the the UAW industry, we've talked on the show also about how some of these companies are doing joint ventures with uh, electric companies to do uh, battery plants. Right, which you need to have nearby the the car manufacturing facility. Right. So they're they're doing one that was announced a while back out in New Carlisle, Indiana, which is right by South Bend. Okay. And the workers there were just aggravated because they're, they're saying, like, we're building the batteries. We're going to be building the batteries for these vehicles. And we don't get paid anything near what the people who are assembling these vehicles make. Like, it's a new industry, and so they're just being kind of taken advantage of. So yeah. part of this settlement with, um, I want to say it was with GM. Okay. Uh, but I think it was with all three, is that any of these joint venture battery companies, um, the workers there are going to get no less than 75% of the top scale for the assembly workers. And then Sean Fain said, by t- when we when we redo this contract in 2028, We'll get everybody in well, you know, everyone, as full members. So, yeah. uh, he sounds pretty confident, and I will say he's got reason to be. Yeah, he's really – this has been a very impressive campaign that he's put together, and um, what he's been able to achieve for his members is uh, yeah, is astonishing. Right. So good for him. And then, as we talked about, immediately after all the agreements were made with the big three, um, 
Toyota, who's uh, notoriously non-union, mm-hmm. uh, raised its employees' salaries by nine percent. And yeah. we like to talk about how unions, you know, are a uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Like this is because of this union activity. We're helping people who aren't even in the union, who are non-union auto workers, receive raises themselves. So that's, you know, when we talk about the unions, it's 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 not just helping members; it's helping the middle class. Right. It's, it's helping you know working people, and uh, yeah. And I know Sean Fain and uh, people from UAW have said, "All right, we're we're going after those guys next." So right. uh, in 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 Tesla is in their sights, and go get them. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's a very very good point about Toyota because yeah. um, the the total increase over the term of the contract for the UAW facilities is around 33%. And okay. I think it includes an 11% upfront increase. So if they're getting an 11% increase when the contract is ratified by the members, Toyota's back there like, all right, we'll do nine. Yeah, we'll do right. Nine. Yeah, they're, so, they're never going to be able to match it, but they knew they had to do something. Yeah. So Toyota people who are going to be getting a 9% raise, that didn't just happen because no. you're nice guys. It didn't happen <laughs> no. because you work hard, yeah. even though you do, I'm sure. Uh, it happened because... Unions are getting more money, and Toyota doesn't want all of its employees to be running to these other plants. So, exactly. Uh, so the power of this strike is is pretty widespread. And uh, one other notable thing about it is that Sean Fain uh, set the expiration date for these agreements to be April 30th, 2028. So he encouraged other unions that reach contracts to set their expirations on that very same day because... The following after, day after the last day of april mm-hmm. is the first day of may which is known as may day yes and in, you know countries all over the world it's international workers day so his thought is this could be a major thing in 2028 if these companies don't re-up contracts and companies he's inviting people in every industry to do this you could have a day where multiple enormous industries go out on strike on may 1st on may so, 1st which would be great and that's really what may day is for unlike labor day which we talked about in a previous episode right. which is was almost like a concession mm-hmm. may day is really about railing uh organized labor and uh you know our cause and um so yeah that would be really really interesting if you have all these unions going on strike on may day i mean that would be just a whirlwind of activity so right. yeah that's a pretty uh pretty savvy move yeah yeah it'll be interesting i mean he's a he's certainly a confident guy and he said after the strike we can beat anybody even elon musk so uh the uaw has set up uh negotiating or an organizing committee with uh the biggest uh tesla plant which is out in fremont california yep so they are working on tesla right now. and what's going on in sweden so Tesla has not signed wage agreements with its repair shops in Sweden. So all of these repair shops, the employees have just walked out, which is interesting for, you know, if you're, if you have a workforce that can be easily replaced, you, you know, an executive could play with them a little bit and threaten to bring in replacement workers. But when it's Tesla, I mean, I would think that the technology behind those yeah, cars specialized is work. pretty specialized. So yeah. if you lose all of your main, maintenance people in a whole country, uh, it's going to be pretty difficult to replace yeah, them. Yeah, so. yeah. But I like it. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing, and it kind of goes uh, along with with the way that UAW took on this strike, which is let's do the let's try things a little bit differently. Let's go after the supply chain portions of this. Yeah, let's, slow play it. Yeah, when if things are going well, we're not going to expand the strike. But if if you drag your feet, we're going to come after facilities that are really near and dear to sort of encourage you to get back to the table. And clearly, it worked because they they got a heck of a deal. Um, So uh, I'll tell you what, we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a few minutes right here with more Workers Mike on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher, and sitting with me today is Phil Davidson. And if you were listening on the previous segment, we talked a little bit about uh, UAW. But, um, you know, we're going to shift gears, no pun intended, a little bit here. Phil, you like that? I like that. That's what we call a transition. Yeah, that's why you're a pro. And a pun. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that one all week. Yeah. Uh, You need need a little self-esteem boost after that. Comment made you After really, Ben calling yeah, me fat, yeah, 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 it really hurt. <laughs> I put on a smile, but it's 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 difficult. Yeah, um, but uh, do you watch Formula One? Um, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I know it's very popular. Uh, my brother-in-law, friend of the show, Brian Shan, is a diehard. I don't know much about it. I gotcha. Yeah. So Formula One, it seems like during the pandemic or just a couple years before the pandemic, Netflix came out with a show about Formula One. Yes, and it's been exploding in growth. Uh, across the country for the last, you know, through the pandemic and since, and to the point where they used to have a race in Texas. And yeah, and these are street races. Right, right. right. Okay. Well, they had, they had a circuit race in around a track in uh, Texas, and then they built sort of a circuit around a parking lot mm-hmm. in Miami, uh, and now they're doing one this year in Vegas. It's coming up later this month. Is that going to be a street race or circuit? It's going to be a street race. It's, cool. It's insane. Cool. They have... Uh, they have part of the strip that's blocked off for it, um, but it's it's going to be nuts. And I think it starts at like midnight, so it's a night race on a no Saturday way. night in Vegas. Um, and you can't get a room in Vegas for this weekend for less than you know ten grand. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like the the wealthy and powerful will descend upon Vegas for this for this race. And I think the reason that this is uh, that this is interesting is there's been so much build up to it and. Uh, there's a culinary workers union out in Vegas yep. that is planning to go on strike about five days before the race later this month. Good timing. Yeah, so culinary workers at Caesars, Wynn, and MGM Hotel Groups, it's 18 hotels out in Vegas, Wow, um, are planning to go out. They, uh, they're asking for wage raises and then, interestingly, more safety buttons. Um, you know, so I think we, we were talking a little bit about it with Karen Kent from Unite Here when she was in a few weeks ago. But if you are in a hallway or you open up a, a, a guest room and something's going on and, you know, somebody, whatever, something happens. It is Vegas. Folks that work in, right, yeah. in hotels or work in kitchens, they just want more safety buttons. Um, so it, and that, I, like, alerts security or something? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, you're out in a parking lot and you see the blue. Yeah. Uh, when you're out by, you know, especially on university campuses, you see the, the blue light and you can run to it and hit the button. But, yep. Um, I'm interested to learn more about what's going on that uh, that the safety buttons are are such an important thing. But uh, between job security, uh, they haven't gone into exactly the level of wage rates that they're looking for, but they've said that uh, it's considerable. So uh, these culinary workers are asking folks. Um, are if, they without a contract? Uh, so the contract is about to expire. Okay. It seems like negotiations have gone absolutely nowhere. And so they're expecting to walk out. Uh, and that would begin, like I said, five days before the race, four or five days before yeah. the race. So, uh, they good chance are, that could get resolved before that race. You know, I would yeah. say that the the casinos have a, a real incentive <laughs> yeah. uh, to do that. You know, they're and they're all coming off of that enormous hack. Did you read about the the um, what do they call that when? Uh, hackers take your uh, system and they lock it up and they hold it for ransom. Oh, yeah. Call that? There's a name for it. I I forget. My IT department is always you know saying that I'm not fishing. Something like that. I can't yeah. remember. But they, um, it's like ransomware. Ransomware. Yeah. yeah so all yeah. The, all the casinos in Vegas Trojan just horse. had like enormous losses from uh, from ransomware. Like all their. 
their guest records and credit cards Yikes. for reservations, all this stuff. So yeah, the last thing they need is uh, a water stoppage. <laughs> that's gonna, I mean, because you're right, they're, they're, they could probably weekend. get minimum what thousand bucks a night for a race like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's way beyond that. I mean, oh, really? packages for this because I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to go see it, but yeah. I mean, I can't afford to be packages in the state there. of Nevada for that weekend. Yeah, um, I think it's all just corporate accounts that are that are going to be paying for it. So yeah, um, interesting kind of show of leverage from the culinary workers. Yeah, union. good for them. Who represents them? I think it's just. A, I'm, I'm not sure the name the of the union. Okay. It's. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's just a culinary workers union. Yeah, shame on me for not having no, that. No, we'll, just, we'll just edit that out and you know, it. say yeah, sorry for the Far more there. professional. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. It's got a little trick move by me. How about it, Phil? Take <laughs> it easy on me. Um, and one of the other things that happened this week that was interesting was the United Nations of all things came out against Walmart, Amazon, and DoorDash in the United States. I heard about this for yes. trapping workers in poverty. So they said. In, uh, in America, the number one employer that has people working for them on food stamps and Medicaid is Walmart. Is Walmart, yeah. Now, this is no surprise to anybody who you know lives in this world day to day, but um, you know they're, they're essentially saying that it's not illegal, but there are so many loopholes that have been left in the U.S. employment law uh, that these companies are just exploiting, yeah. and you have all these workers. And I mean, especially around the holidays, Walmart, it's not... It's not uncommon for them to have collection boxes in like the staff break areas where they're asking staff to, to donate themselves. food yes. to other staff members yeah. so they have something to eat. That's sad. It's it's outrageous. It's, yeah. It should make people angry because you know the companies that we're talking about: Amazon, Walmart, DoorDash. They're the top companies that are guilty of doing this, and Amazon is not a company with a little bit of money. <laughs> Walmart <laughs> is not a company with a little bit of money. So you have these enormous companies that are profitable, extremely profitable, and they're- Largest companies in the world. And the reason, yeah. it's it's not like despite, the reason that they're so profitable is because they don't pay people that work for them. Like if you want yeah, to go work for one of, of these labor. crazy successful companies, you're going to be on Medicaid. You're going to be on food stamps. Um, you know, it, it should it should make people angry, and uh, I guess it has with the UN. The UN doesn't wade into these waters very often. No, but, was it uh, like a resolution that they passed? Um, it was it was a staffer in some some like a labor council part of the UN, and he just put a, a letter out to uh, the U.S. Department of Labor about it. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's shameful. Yeah, but uh, we've got to take a quick break. When okay. we come back, we uh, we actually recorded a segment. Uh, earlier this week with Megan Financial, and we've got Tim Hollaback. Tim Hollaback and uh, Firefighter. Tim Hollaback. So we'll Hollaback at you in just a minute. It's another one. You like that one? That's very good. I'm getting pretty good, good at this. That's a good reference for the young kids out there. Hollaback. Thank you, Phil. And, uh, and Ken will be back. And Ken will be back. So yeah. Ken was in on this interview. So yeah. anybody who needs their Ken fix, stay with us because we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. I'm Ken Edwards with the MCL. Sitting to my right is Ed Maher. Hey. Uh, sitting to my left is uh, Phil Davidson. And um, and we're super stoked today to have with us Tim Hollebeck. Tim, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thank yeah, thanks for coming. And you are with Megan Financial. Correct. I'm a financial advisor with Megan Financial. And before we get to Megan, you have another job. What is that job? I'm a Chicago firefighter, local two. Super cool. Yes. And local two is uh, solely Chicago, correct? Correct. And you have to live in the city to be a, a local two firefighter, yes, right? Yes, I do. Any city employee, you got to live in the city of Chicago. Exactly. So I'm going to take a guess. I'm just going to think here for a second. I'm going to go with Southside. 
Correct. Okay, there you go. I hey, like there's that. a lot on the north side, too. Don't sell us short. They're like three. They have fires up there, too. Yeah. <laughs> they have to come from the south side to put them out. No, Norwood Park, represent. Yeah. There you go. All right. Edison yeah. Park and all those places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I hear you. All right. So listen. But it's literally one of those two options. Right. Correct. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of in between. Yeah. Just like Beverly Mount Greenwood. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So um, you're born and raised in Chicago? Correct. My dad was a Chicago firefighter as well. So oh, I grew up cool. in the same area I live now. I love it. Yeah. And and so explain to me, like, you firefighter first and then financial advisor? Yeah, always. Yeah, I always say, you know, fire department. That's why I joined. I joined for a reason. Uh-huh. That's always going to be, you know, my number one job, my main focus. And well, what made you decide to, to go into financial advising? So I've always been interested in finances in general, stocks, bonds, name the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when I graduated from college, I got into the fire academy. Right. Um, and obviously during the fire academy, I've been on for about seven and a half years now. So this is back in 2016. Right. We had a lot of stuff thrown at us. Not only sure. are we worrying about our training, we're worrying about starting a new job, maybe moving to a new house. But when you're in the academy, you also have to worry about, okay, so I had getting all these different things thrown at me. Hey, you got to contribute to this retirement plan. Hey, this is what you're going to be getting from your pension. Hey, you should mm-hmm. buy this in life insurance. Right. So I personally saw, saw there was a need for it. And I had a, kind of a background going to school for that stuff. Right. Um, so... When I graduated the academy, got off my probationary period. During the probationary period, you know, we can't have another job. Um, and I went and took all my series exams, which okay. are the licenses that we need to become full-blown financial advisors. Sure. And for a few years, um, I just kind of worked on my own out of my house, just helping police officers and firefighters with their finances. Because that was your wheelhouse, right? Correct. That's your world. Yep. Okay. And do you see a, a need for that in terms of firefighters and police officers? Absolutely. I mean, I see a need for it in any blue collar industry or area. Um, as you know, as we know, not enough of us have pensions. That's for sure, right? Yeah. And which means that not a lot of financial advisors know about them, right? Um, so we know that we're going to be getting this defined benefit plan in retirement. Yes. So we have to plan differently than your average American who's out in corporate America who's not receiving those pensions. Right. Um, And I think some of the information that's out there is misleading because we kind of put everybody under this one blanket. Hey, you start a job, you contribute to your 401k, hopefully you have enough in there, that's what you're going to have to live off of in retirement. And they ignore the pension. Correct. And you guys have pension through the city? Correct. Okay, gotcha. And um, when can you retire, just FYI? So generally, we can retire at any time after 50 but you have to have a certain amount of years and um you know you want to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row and you're going to be able eligible to take your pension without getting those large reductions that yeah you know of. and do you guys also have a 401k oh uh, we do not we have a deferred comp 457 plan. 457 sorry okay yep. it's Express. solely contributed by by you guys correct and oh. there's no match no match whatsoever no. all right and then so basically you up to whatever the max is that you want to contribute, you can. Yeah, generally it's twenty two thousand five hundred. Okay, um, and we contribute to that. It's obviously voluntary. Yeah, uh, we, and that's just an extra pot of money that we'll have in retirement, in addition to our. So, like, like the like I've always heard from you know from, from Ron and, and other uh, Ron Whittingham, uh, president of uh, Megan Financial, 
that retirement is like a stool and you need different legs of the stool, right? So you guys have a pension and then like you said, you have your 457. Do you guys get social security or no? Uh, So we do not. You don't get social security. And this is a common misnomer, right? a lot of public employees. Yeah, it's a a myth. Like, oh my God, they're getting a pension, they're getting all this and and again, social security. No, a lot of them do not get social security. No, correct. I mean, you can... You know, if you've worked for somewhere else in the past, sure. right, you can be eligible for Social Security, but right. there is something called the windfall elimination period, and you will generally take reductions on your Social Security payments uh, because you're working for... So so you and, and your coworkers and, you, and your brothers and sisters in, in the fire department, and, and you know, I'm going to lump uh, police in, in here for a second as well, um, are really, you know, you're, you're, con- you're counting on people that understand your unique set of benefits. Because what you just described is not the normal average American, right? You have a pension, you have a defined benefit, sorry, a 457 that you contribute to, but nobody else does, and you don't get Social Security. That's a relatively unique set of circumstances. Correct. Right? So you, Megan Financial, right? You yourself. I assume, number one, you probably have the trust of your brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Because you do what they do. Exactly. Right? And number two, you under, you understand that particular world pretty well. Exactly. So you can advise them, and you can actually give, like, look, I can't give financial advice, right? Yep. I mean, I could. You really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no You're idea what You're looking to go broke, Dr. When I got here this yeah. morning, Ken was sleeping in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting. So we... Buy high, sell low. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Phil. So we, like, you know, Tim, we from the union land, right? So Ed, myself, and, and Phil, like, you know, we get these questions all the time. Like, what should I do? Like, how should I do this? What should I do here? How should I do this? Technically, we're not allowed to give you financial planning advice, right? That's but you are. Correct. Yes. So, so somebody I'm comes to you and says, hey, licensed. you know, yeah, you're licensed, right? Somebody yep. comes to you and says, hey, you know, and do you have to sign up with you to, to establish that fiduciary? No, you do not. Like I said, we everything that we do, our main goal is to educate the members on right. what benefits are provided to them. So, right, they have all these benefits that are coming to them, whether it be a pension, whether it be health insurance, whether it be an annuity, a 401k. And then what we do is we kind of review that with them and we explain it to them we get their pension statements we work with a lot of these fund offices that right. work with the unions right so we make sure that we have all the information that we need to show them hey this is what you're going to be getting in retirement now what do we need to do to work around that to kind of paint the picture and make sure that we're able to supplement those benefits throughout your retirement you know i think um number one first of all thank you for doing that for for uh for labor and for your uh brothers and sisters because i I think it's important another thing i think that's unique as a matter of fact i know it's unique about uh not not the firefighters that you work for but megan financial is that you guys solely focus on unions correct right and it's a different world all of our clients are union members and they have pensions obviously we will work with family members and friends if they need help. yeah of course but the good majority of our clients almost 100 percent of them do have defined benefit pension points. And, and i think a lot of the blue collar workers assume that they don't make enough money to even need financial advising uh dispel that myth for them and like it does this, this is you don't have to be so that's what uh, hurts yeah. our feelings the most yeah right, right. somebody yeah. who doesn't give us a call yeah because they oh you know it's not worth my time mm-hmm. but that's not true mm-hmm. we work like i said with only labor unions and their members and families and it doesn't matter if you have a hundred dollars or one million dollars our main job and our agreement with 
working with these union members is that, hey, we're going to, doesn't matter how much money you have, we're going to sit down, we're going to review all the benefits that you're going to be receiving. If nothing comes of it after that, right, doesn't matter. Sure. Right? So we did our job. We ex- you know, gave you a better understanding of what your financial picture is going to look like in retirement. Mm-hmm. And, and how much does it cost for that firefighter to sit down with you? Zero dollars. Nothing. Nothing. Free. Free. That's a good price. Very good. And like, what's the downside, right? What's the downside to sitting down for free? There is no, at least you know more about your benefits than you did before. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that said, you know, uh, we, we were chatting about this uh, yesterday with laborers. I sat down with Megan Financial and I realized I should have retired three years ago. I'm actually losing <laughs> money by working here. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And it's like, what I mean, you want to talk about good news? Like, that's really good news. Yeah. And, oh, that's you great. know, so, so, so you, so that's your world. And then uh, on top of this, um, if you're in the MCL, you guys give MCL members a discount. Correct. So, how do you make money? You make money where if somebody takes that four fifty seven or four hundred one or whatever it is, and they invest it with you guys when they retire. I mean, generally, a lot of our members we start out with them early on in their career, right? right. So, so you um, might be advising somebody for twenty years before exactly. they retire, and that's all you know. Just it's it's I, goodwill. It's, I have several twenty-something-year-olds, thirty-something-year-olds that are my clients. Good right? for them. And I'm explaining yeah. to them at an early age, yeah. hey. This is what it's going to look like. I can actually calculate out. This is what's going to look like, you know, when you're of retirement age. Whether can you can you talk to my son because he gave me a lesson in economics yesterday that said I'm going to pull my money out of my investment account because I lost 150 bucks. I'm like, I don't think that's the way to do it. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, that's the way to do it. I'm like, no, it's not. What's he, I, want, what's he want to invest it in? I bet I know. <laughs> Uh, it rhymes with weed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, for those younger members. That's an appreciating asset right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for those younger members, right? I mean, you're going to talk to them about like, hey, uh, I'm going to have a kid. Should I start a 529 plan? Right. Uh, should I save for college? Should I buy a house? Should I refi? You know, what does this look like? How much house can I afford? I mean, you're with that person, like you said, for 20 years, and then you get that goodwill. And, you know, like, look, it's it's similar to a lot of our vendors that that play the long game and that long game is i'm with you from day one to the day you walk out the door and quite frankly if you pass away i'll sit with your spouse and tell her uh what to do with the money and and how to how to do it because i know you guys do that too yeah i mean this doesn't end at retirement you know i tell guys that guys and girls that all the time um this does not end at retirement i'm going to be with you for the rest of your life whether i'm managing your money or god forbid something happens to you and your wife is owed benefits we're going to be the ones that help with all that paperwork make sure that everybody who needs to get paid gets paid and something that's important that i think we should mention also something that's unique about megan uh in comparison to other financial advisors perhaps is that you are a fiduciary you serve as a fiduciary to your clients so if you if they ask you for advice you're not just giving them the products that make you the most money you are obligated to provide them advice that's in their interest in their best interest that's going to benefit them not benefit you and uh, i think there are a lot of people who who think of financial advisors as maybe people who are trying to confuse them or, you know, they're going to get confused. They don't know about this world. So it's, um, you know, maybe they're uncomfortable going into it. But knowing that you're there and you're obligated to give them good advice for them, I think is is really important. Absolutely. And like I said, being a fiduciary, that's the highest standard for right. a financial advisor. And just like you said, we have to do what's in the best interest of the client. But and- there are unscrupulous financial advisors out there, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I don't not, believe it, Ken. I'm not going to talk down about any other advisors, no. but you do got to be careful with who you're choosing to work with. Make sure they understand your benefits. Tim, I was on the phone the other day and a member called, uh, actually a financial advisor called me out of the blue and said, hey, I just need to know about so-and-so's members. I'm like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I work for blank, you know? I'm like, I'm not talking to you about one of my members, you know, benefits or finances. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I just, I'm like, this don't just, let, let's get the member on the phone. Exactly. I get the member on the phone. I'm like, you want me talking to this guy? And he's like, well, I'm like, hang up, guy. And I talk to the member. I'm like, this is what you're going to want to do. You're right. going to want to pick up the phone call Megan Financial. Right. And there's sure. a process that we follow at Megan. So we don't just randomly call people, right? And no, say, you're not soliciting. Hey, we work with yeah. local 150 or local 399 or local 134. We do have a process. Mm-hmm. And what the member needs to do is they sign something called a consent form. Okay. Basically, what that consent form says is, hey, I give Megan Financial permission to go ahead and... Um, you know, pull my statements, sure. figure out what my benefits are, and we have to make sure that they sign off on that. And that. yeah, of course that makes sense. Yeah, correct. Um, listen, if you're just joining us, uh, we've been talking with Tim Hollebeck, uh, Chicago Local Two Firefighter Union member. Hubba hubba. <laughs> He's actually wearing his uniform in here, <laughs> yeah. well, Lady, yeah. ladies. Yeah. And, looking for somebody to buy a drink after the show, yeah. <laughs> and um, because it is eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. Hey, there's people out there. Don't you, hey, you work the night shift, right? That's right. That's twenty four on. That's right. So, um, uh, but he's also a financial advisor with Megan Financial, and you know, once again, I think that you know if we're getting this right, um, and and I think we are, meaning the MCL. Number one, we're we're telling our people, you know, how to live your best life. Quite frankly, right. Uh, we're not shoving things down your throat. We talked about insurance uh, some time ago, and we're telling people, like, you need less life insurance as you get closer to retirement. You don't need all that money, whereas most places are just sell, 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 right? Yep. And we're telling people how to transfer wealth, that the one percenters of the world, they've always known this, and we, we're, we're just figuring this out, or at least I am. I don't know. But you get a life insurance policy that's tax-free, right? Get a trust, you know. Move your money tax-free. Get good financial advice on the front end and during your career, and you're going to retire very happy and have a good life. And, and so, and I think one of the things, you know, I'm putting words in your mouth for a quick second, that Megan does and does well is they take people like you, right? Like, that's a smart hire. I'm going to hire somebody that's a firefighter because I don't know about the firefighters, but this guy does, and oh, he's a financial planner. Right, I know they've hired people from the trades and, and things like that. It's a smart play, and it's the long play. So they're not greedy, and you know, you, you guys are doing a good job. I will t- tell you this and take this back to him to uh, local two because I actually met with them once. They're not members of the MCL, and if they were, they would get a slight discount on your fee. Right? Interesting. Yeah, That's I'm correct. Just, I'm just, the plot never pickings. misses a chance. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, Local 2, if you're listening, join the MCL um, because uh, Tim's signing up right now as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, um, on top of what you do for uh, for Megan's and, and for the brothers and sisters, we certainly appreciate what you do for the city of Chicago. Can't tell you how important I think that is. Uh, I know you guys agree with me. Ed and oh, absolutely. We yeah. support our firefighters. Absolutely. Yeah. All our first responders. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we got to wrap this up. Um, we've been talking with Tim Hollebeck from Megan Financial uh, right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, 
and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Hope you enjoyed the segment with Megan Financial. I know I did. How about you, Phil? Fantastic stuff. Tim's great. Yeah. I always get a little bit excited when a firefighter's around. Good yeah. to have him in the studio. Yeah. Um, so we're running uh, running toward the end of the show, but I had uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, Phil, you're from the Carpenters Union, the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council, and your union has really taken a lead on fighting against wage theft, especially in Illinois. We go hard on wage theft, man. Yeah, and it's not even an issue that only affects union members. You're taking up this fight on behalf of ordinary workers who don't even understand that their employers are robbing them. Yeah, um, no, we've, we've provided provided thousands of dollars to construction workers who aren't even members of our union who are getting screwed over yeah. by their employers yeah it's uh, it's it's for everybody yeah and it's it's a problem that people need to know more about and something that uh, there was some big news in the state of new york where uber and lyft have uh i don't think they came to a settlement where i think they didn't admit any wrongdoing but in a big wage theft investigation they settled where they're going to have to pay 328 million dollars back to drivers in the state of New York because... Are they classified as employees there? They're not. Okay. Uh, but that's an interesting question. Yeah. And I've got a little, a little something in this that kind of plays to that. Um, but $328 million, these companies were charging drivers fees and taxes that are only supposed to be charged to, uh, to riders. So, you know, the, the drivers didn't realize this. It was investigated. Lyft is going to pay $328 million into a fund where some of these drivers can, you know, file a claim. It's like a to be reimbursed. class action type of a thing. Where okay. They get like so there's a, a, flat, a flat amount. Yep. Um, so it's, it's a pity because you think of Uber, Lyft drivers, they're not making a ton of money. They're out working, you know, day and night. Um, and these people are just being, being ripped off. But as part of the settlement, Uber and Lyft are also going to have to start making regular payments into New York State's unemployment fund. Oh, which people think like this is a nudge toward they are employers, these employers right. rather than you know just contracting out to people. So there's still a long way to go on that. Um, yeah, because they they don't want to actually give their drivers any sort of rights or privileges. Uh, so they have to continue to to call them contractors or you know, gig workers and as we as we call them in, in most other industries. But uh, this is this is a big deal moving That is forward. big, yeah. I wonder if it'll hit Illinois at some point. I, w- I mean I would I would wonder Assume if so. it's just, there's probably similar taxes and if they've been, you know, charging them wrong then, Yeah. Uh, then Illinois loves a class action lawsuit. There's no question yeah. about it. I got seven dollars and twenty I just got my check too, from yeah. Facebook yeah, and thank I thought you. to myself, seven twenty. There you there go. It is. There you, you go. Um, always think about the brand. Yeah, absolutely. But uh you know, one of the um, one of the things that's going on in the workforce at large in the country is uh, sort of how old g- good jobs have been transferred into just gigs. You know, where there there are no benefits, there's no type of job security. So yeah, yeah, this you're is the type own. of stuff that happens. If you don't have a lawyer, if you don't have an employer, if you don't have any sort of you know structure between you and your employer, they can just rip you off, and you may not even know it's happening. So, yeah, organize, organize, organize. Yeah. So hats off to the state of New York for fixing the problem there. Um, but uh, we've got to wrap up. So, Phil, yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. Good show, always a pleasure. Look yeah. forward to seeing you on uh, next Sunday morning. Yes, you as well. Yeah, stay uh, stay warm or stay cool. I should say it's going to be nice for the next couple of days. So, yeah, man. Good luck with your candy detox. Yeah, I'm still still got the shakes. Yeah. Thanks, Ben, for uh, all of your love and support uh, from the booth over there. I can see you <laughs> laughing. So, I'll see you laughing again next Sunday morning right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.